0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week, joining me is the exceptional Jason Lacey. Jason, welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been it's
1: been quite a while. If, if my if memory serves me correctly, it was way back into the Avengers episode. Or am I or has it been more
0: recent than that? I um probably the Avengers series <laughs> at least. Yeah. It's been a long time. I can only the bring sh- it back for Marvel Properties.
1: Uh, apparently. <laughs> it's what I know better. I won't say I know best, but I know better. <laughs> well, that's good. But they it, it's good to, it's good to be back, you know. It's I can't say that it, it's been a while because I, I tend to talk to you on a daily
0: and, and podcast <laughs> with you on a somewhat bi weekly basis. So Yeah. And if, if, dear listener, you're questioning, they podcast together? That is, of course, the Play Some Video Games podcast, which we talk about video games, uh, oddly enough. Video games. Games of Vidya. And for those of you who are unfamiliar or new listeners, Mr. Lacey is... A co host or a host? Or how do you how do you call yourself? We we do say
1: co host. If if we would go by official podcast um, titles. Yeah, same, yeah. Then I am the a co host slash producer slash legend. <laughs> legend. Legend. And my good friend Lucas is co host slash editor slash myth.
0: Ooh. Ooh. I'd really like be a, a myth. Yeah, it does. You know, it's less to live up to, really. Yeah, so you got legends, you got myths. Uh what else do you have? You got ballads, you got ooh, uh, Odysseys and Iliads? <laughs> opus. Opus. Ooh. Not can a I magnum be, opus. Just... Can I can I be an opus? Can I yes. be like an associate opus? Yes. <laughs> That'd be great. Ladies and gentlemen, the Flux DePose podcast is where Mr. Lacey spends week in and week out to give you a weekly slice of geek culture. Uh, deposed Why don't you give them a little bit of a uh, a rundown of what you guys do over there, Mister
1: Lynch? Man, you you set it up quite nicely. So, gosh, we've been doing it for too long now. No, not not quite that long. Over a hundred episodes strong now. It's, You're syndicated. Uh, we are syndicated. I'm not seeing that cut that kickback though. <laughs> I, somebody, I must, Lucas, must have cut that deal. You need must to call Nick at night. The... <laughs> Can I get on TV Land. <laughs> but uh no flex is a little uh little darling of the internet brainchild i started a while back with my good friend lucas and uh we our geek culture i'd say it's still like somehow 80 percent gaming related though but typically we um you know we talk about some games we talk about movies we talk, talk about a lot of things that uh Guess, guess that's just we're into at the time, and that's going on in our life. We do like beer a lot, craft beer. Um, you might even hear some sports talk in there, depending on what season it is. So I mean, it's a little bit of everything. Um, we're trying to kind of focus things a little more and have a little more um, some content that's more driven with some actual focus. Can I say focus some more? Because we've focus. been we've been freewheeling a little too long, and so we're we're gonna shift gears a little bit now to try to make things a little more entertaining. possibly. But, uh, yeah, we, we do the website. Um, we have a a new newly redesigned website that we're really trying to make a more uh, effort to, to use. We do the weekly podcast. We have a YouTube channel with, uh, our, the main feature of the YouTube channel, we have a segment called battle of the beer, which we don't produce nearly as often as we like, but uh, Lucas and I bring a beer together based on whatever category or style we choose. And we square them off head to head, uh kind of not so much critique but at least enjoy them and rate them together and then there's a winner uh so there's i think we've done nine episodes of that uh, it started as a audio only segment but now it's up on youtube we do a kind of a let, few let's plays and well there's an empty hole in our hearts where episode 100 should be <laughs> hey there, but. it lives in legend
0: <laughs> yes i was there yes it does you were there there you know uh i was one i was probably like the only person who Was Sober and Remembers, that podcast? (laughs) I definitely was not. (laughs) (laughs) You guys had a beer that podcast. It was like a blueberry one, right? Ah, yes. Blueberry Maple Stout by Saugatuck Brewing Company. If I come across that, I will try it because you guys made it sound like it was the epitome of beer. I just had one again last week when we did PSVG. Ooh.
1: I think they do distribute into Illinois. So if nothing else, you're close enough by that, you know, it's got to be there soon. Yeah.
0: Hopefully so. So thank you for giving us a rundown of what you do on a weekly basis over there at Flex to Pose with Mr. Lucas Rose. And if you might be so kind, good sir, what have you been entertained by recently?
1: Uh, recently, uh, man, most of my time has been focused on The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. I had a, a focus to get that done so I could talk about it on another podcast. But more importantly, I wanted to clear the plate because Star Fox came out today.
0: Star Fox! Star Fox! Do a bar roll! Use bombs wisely! Press Z-O-R twice! <laughs> Help me, Fox! <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> nice but... one, hot shot.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, most of my focus was, was getting through Twilight Princess, and I I had, a while back, I was playing um, Ocarina of Time 3D on the 3DS, but I, I think I'm going to have to hold off on that, because, like Donnie mentioned, I think in our summer of our our group chats like he's zelded out i'm feeling it now too between playing link between worlds then going right into this it's just been a lot of zelda over a lot of time but i have to say i have never i never played twilight princess back in the day i think because i i was a gamecube owner and when i you know the news that it came i was going to come out on the wii as well i was like well i don't want to buy it on the gamecube because it's going to be better on the wii and then i never ended up buying a Wii and I just never you know, I just let it pass by and I kinda wish I I wish I really would have played it back then because that was a that was a really good game. I, I really enjoyed the Wii. story. Um the dungeons and everything. It was really fun. Uh but other than that, um haven't really had a chance to dig into too many shows. I'm slowly working through Daredevil season two. Ooh. I think I'm on episode four. I wish I could throw more time at that, and um, I just actually want to enjoy it. You want to be able to chew on it, really. Yeah, my my main discrepancy, my I have one critique with it. It's like all the cool action scenes always happen in like pitch black on that show. Well, he's blind, so it's so (laughs) hard to like for him. (laughs) If you're watching in like the wrong environment, it's so hard to see everything. If you have a glare on your screen or something like that, forget about it. You're you're not. It's it's hard to see everything with the. The detailed, the detailed eye that I want to see, you know. Uh, yes. But if that's my only critique, you know. Yeah. And uh, actually, right before the show, I just watched, it, uh, the wife and I watched a pretty interesting documentary on Netflix that was called A Drummer's Dream. And it was, it's from, like, what was it, 2010, I want to say. And it's, uh, it's a documentary, and it's about uh, this uh, drummer that runs this, uh, I think it was in Quebec, runs this camp. And it was just, just profile the one, it's a one week long camp for, you know, for technique and things like that. But he had like a bunch of his friends that are all like these world class drummers and like 40 students and just profile these different, the different guys. And I just have to say, I, I wasn't familiar with any of these guys um, prior, but some of the technique and the stuff these guys do, it, it's freaking ridiculous. Like how fast you can just in the coordination to just hit, just hands flying everywhere and hitting different drum heads and different Symbols and just like the ability that like this one guy could play, he was playing playing most of the beats with one handed. But then he would be playing a keyboard to his left that had like it was a bass guitar, and so he's playing like this bass guitar slap bass rhythm and then drumming to a different beat the whole time with one one stick and his feet. And it's just freaking incredible what people can do, you know? It's, it's really entertaining. It's called a uh, drummer And then the coup de gras of the week would be Star Fox. How is Which, it? I know you're eager to at some point get your hands on. Oh, you know, yes. I okay. I haven't played, had enough time to really dig into it. And let's let's be honest, the game's gotten pr- harsh to critical uh, f- reviews from the actual critics out there. Um, I can't say I couldn't tell you how I feel about it too much yet because I just haven't had the time with it. But for me, like okay, let's see the main critiques. It's short. And the controls. Okay, well, every Star Fox game is short. I mean, you can play through a Star Fox in like an hour and a half, if that. Well, not even that. I mean, you could get through, once you know what you're doing, you could probably get through all missions in like less than an hour. But that's how Star Fox has always been. It's always been designed to kind of go back, try to do a different path, try to get a different objective in each mission, and try to get the the gold medal. Um, And the controls, they're... It's a little wonky but if you've played splatoon at all it's extremely familiar you hit the same y button to center to recalibrate and center your aiming reticle and once you get used to it it's pretty fluid it's trying to find a good position where you can kind of fluidly snap your vision back between the cockpit view that's on the gamepad and the the action screen that would be the only thing but when it, when you can like get it down and it it, it I don't know it feels really good like to be able to be flying in one direction and then just move your aim with the gamepad by tilting it. I mean, it's going to take a while to kind of fine-tune that and make it the muscle memory kick in, but I don't know. It it felt good, and my favorite thing that it does is that, you know, all the—I forgot about this feature—all the co-pilot chatter and everything like that is comes through the gamepad speakers, and it just adds, like, a little—just that little extra— to the game to have that. And I, I think they do some sort of, um, 3d sound with it, especially when you're watching like cutscenes, you'll notice that things that are on the left hand outside of the screen come from the left side of the game pad and vice versa. And it's just a nice little touch that kind of adds a little more, just a little something to the game. I know that's not a big deal, but I mean, it, it's just cool to experience, um, that kind of little feature. So it's Star Fox. It feels like Star Fox. it's, and let's just put it, the bottom line, when I was playing it, I had a smile on my face and I was having fun. And if that's what I get every time I play this game, it was well worth the price of admission. I haven't tried Star Fox Guard yet, but just playing Star Fox Zero, I, I was having a blast. So.
0: I'm worried about the te- or the, the control scheme. I, just, I know that you think it's fine, but you've played Splatoon. I have not.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: There's only a couple sequences where it like
1: really requires you like if you had to hit because I mean basically what it does you know you can completely aim just using the left thumbstick like always but then there's certain spots where you have to really get fine-tuned to hit like a specific point on some targets and then you do have to just use the gamepad a little bit but I remember one review I think I read of it, it was from like I, I don't think it was maybe it was IGN I can't remember but they had, there's because there's an option where motion controls are always on or then only on when you're like using the right uh, the was it uh, ZR? It's the fire button because they said like he could he got through the entire game just playing standard like the Star Fox we always know and only a couple times where it forced you to actually use the motion controls. So um, I don't know. You you are an you're an adept and fluid gaming individual, Nathan. You will you will catch on and you will run with it when you get the chance. Maybe, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, it feels like I'm playing a Saturday morning cartoon of fun. You yeah, know, I don't know. I just, I Star Fox has always been one of my my favorite series. Star oh, Fox yeah. sixty four, I've played to death, so uh, it was always a game I had to have when as soon as I knew it was coming out. So yeah. I'm I'm incredibly biased, and it's hard to be critical without sounding like a fanboy. So
0: <laughs> is what's the premise of this game? What's the story?
1: No, the same one we've had, we've known for always.
0: Andross is attacking, you gotta go stop him?
1: So this is basically, this is the same story of Star Fox 64, because this is a reimagining of that same storyline. So somehow Andross has been hiding out on Venom all this time and building this army, and then, like, have you watched the little 15-minute animated dealio they, they released this week? No, I didn't know that they did. Oh, yes. So uh, Nintendo, I can't remember which studio they partnered with, but they released a 15-minute animated movie. And it's called uh, Star, Fox, the Battle Be- Star Fox Zero The Battle Begins. And it tells what's, it, it's like a little uh, prequel to the game, so to speak. And it tells the immediate events leading up to the beginning of the game. Is it
0: animated? Yeah,
1: it's a, like anime style of Star Fox. It's actually really well done. Where do you watch it at? Uh, it is on, you can watch it on Nintendo.com. It's on YouTube now on their, on Nintendo's channel. You can watch it straight from the eShop on, if you have a Nintendo console. I
0: will have to seek this
1: out. Yes, yes. So that lays, that lays the storyline right for the game as well. But typically, Andros has been hiding out, built this army, and he attacks Corneria, the main, one of the main planets in the Lylat system, which is the the main focus of the Star Wars universe. And then, Star Fox. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you said Star, Star Wars. Oh, well, <laughs> as you can see, I've also been enjoying some adult beverages prior to our, our show as well. So, Team Star Fox is, has to go out and
0: destroy Andross. So. We need your help, Star Fox. Exactly. So. Excellent. I, I am looking forward to that game because, like you, I thoroughly enjoyed the Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 versions. The later iterations... Tried, but
1: yeah didn't
0: quite capture what I was wanting.
1: No, I mean I, Star Fox Assault. I think I was always turned off of
0: because it was made by I believe it was
1: made by uh, Namco, and I, to me I was like, well, it's not going to be a legit Star Fox, and I didn't like the on foot stuff that they threw in there. And, and sent, I never played it on the GameCube, but I've I have gone back and tried to play it now with like an with the Dolphin emulator, and I just it feels. It feels a bit off, and then Star Fox Command on the DS—that was all right, but it was a little, little different. It's interesting to see. Like, have, did you ever play Star Fox Two? The Unfinished, like you have to play it on emulator because I mean it was never released. But that would have that would have been an awesome game if it was released on Super Nintendo. Um, it just had a lot of really cool concepts and ideas for a game at, at its time, but unfortunately, it came out. Right towards the, when they would have had it released, it would have been right at the end of the life cycle of the Super NES, and they were just about to release the sixty-four, and they said chose to you know cancel it and recycle those ideas and code into future games. But this game, like especially the the Walker stages and some of the sequences when you go inside, you actually fly inside a ship and transform and have to fight inside it, um, it's still taken right out of scenes from that Star Fox Two. So it's kind of cool to see those concepts in a,
0: a new game so very cool yeah i'm looking forward to playing it i'm hoping to maybe be able to uh borrow it from a library soon because you know i'm not buying games right now i'm right. trying right buying games or not buying games has become very difficult with the sales <laughs> and all these uh, games are coming out that one to play yeah
1: well especially when everyone when there's people around you like oh
0: i just saved all this i got all these games for like two
1: dollars yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that does not help <laughs>
1: Yeah, and this will be the perfect game to do that because it, it's very it's small. You know, you'll be able to easily knock it out, you know, in a couple of days, and then it's just all about how much do you want to experience. So
0: yeah. I am I am looking forward to your full report on flux deposed. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> you're
1: putting a little pressure now. Gotta live up to the hype. There you go. Probably say, well, guess what? I've beaten the
0: game three times since then.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. So anything else you've been entertained by recently, sir?
1: Uh, I don't want to derail the whole podcast with what, what's Jason
0: been entertained by. So that's uh, I think that's going to do it for me. Awesome. As for me, currently I am being entertained by a beverage ooh, called Admiral Ackbeer. And yes. listeners at home, when you hear this sound, you know I have taken a sip. So things are going to get interesting tonight. <laughs> uh, I love it. But now, uh, what 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 is this Admiral Ack beer? Give
1: me a, what kind of style are we talking about here?
0: Ooh, it is it is one of my favorite kind of styles, the Belgian line. I'm my favorite beers are Belgian quads. This oh. is a Belgian double. So if it has single digit single digit ABV,
1: well, this one's not. What is that? Seven? Yeah, seven? this is a seven. Okay. So it's not. Not incredible. When I hear quad, for some reason in my head, I'm thinking, oh, man, that's going to be potent.
0: But. Well, usually a quad, like I think of my favorite beer of all time right now is St. Bernardist ABT 12.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes.
0: And I think that one's about 12% or so for the that quad. And that's a Belgian-style uh, quadruple, which is so good. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are of age and if you have not yet had the pleasure of drinking... A Belgian quadruple. I, 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 encourage you to go if you can find a uh, Saint Bernardist ABT twelve to do so. Or there's also one that's really good called a Trappist ale. I think it's called mm. it, by the Trappist brewery, but it's a, it's a, uh, it is a Belgian quad. It is so good. It's the yeast that I think that they use for these Belgian beers makes them so, so tasty. In fact, yeah. I'm going to take a sip right now. <laughs> I also
1: have a what is this? I am enjoying a it's by New Holland Brewing, uh, which is in Holland, Michigan. Their Dragon's Milk ah. Reserve with coffee and chocolate, which is an American double slash Imperial Stout, eleven um, percent on ABV. So gives you all those nice, nice and toasty feelings right away.
0: Yeah, I you know I accidentally had a a spicy version of that beer, mm. and I'm not a spicy guy. Um I don't handle spices well in beer. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when I had that, it didn't, it didn't sit well with me at all. So, uh. but I do like the dragon's milk. And in fact, you can find the dragon's milk because it's, it's aged in a bourbon barrel or at least a whiskey mm-hmm. uh, barrel. And you can find the actual whiskey that they age the barrels in, uh, to buy in shelves too. I've, I've bought it before. For oh, that's a right. Friend. Yeah. Cause they do their,
1: that's what, that's one thing I, I, I wish I I got into more It was more of your you know craft spirits. Oh, you know things like that.
0: There is a distillery, my friend, up not far from you that is my favorite distillery that I've visited so far and it is called Journeyman distillery. It's up there in Michigan. It's I'm not sure how far away from you it would be maybe at most three hours. How long does it take you to get to Chicago? Two and a half. Oh, so you are within an hour of this place. Okay, okay, where is it at? Uh, Three, Three Oaks. Oaks. Okay. I think it's probably within an hour of you, maybe an hour and a half.
1: Let me look at where it's at. Yeah, Chicago, yeah, two and a half on Chicago because I can take pretty much all highway. Oh, yeah, so they're right down. Okay. I, oh, yeah, I think I've heard you talk about them before because they're right out what right outside of New Buffalo, is that?
0: Yes, that sounds familiar. This place, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever get the privilege to visit the great state of Michigan. Darn straight. You need to go check out Journeyman Distillery. They are handcrafted, organic spirits. Their vodka is the best vodka I've ever had. It's called the Red Arrow Vodka, and you can get—they do some limited distributing around that area. It's not national yet, I think, but it is good, good stuff. Mm. I highly recommend it. That's like our new—the new
1: trend in Grand Rapids. Like, you know, we—I mean, we have— A crazy number of breweries, but now we're starting to get um, distilleries and things coming in. Like I know one just opened up a thing called Long Road, and then I think we've got a couple others on the way. So that's like the next, you know, we've had, I think we've got a couple cider places too. So it's, you know, you're starting to see that just the craft movement and not just, you know, beer, but now you're starting to see, you know, craft spirits, craft this, craft that, you know.
0: It's interesting. You know my house is for sale and you're making the move to Michigan options sound very good
1: (laughs) uh you know there's there's bad things about Michigan too I mean you you, it snows all the time and there's constant construction as well so there's (laughs) well you get the good with the bad yeah I mean then you just you just have a constant buzz and
0: all the all the worries just melt away (laughs) that's right exactly that that is what I will be doing I'll be constantly in a state of bliss it'll be great (laughs) and then we might have to have an intervention but hey we already need an intervention. Yeah. That's down the road. Uh, that's going to be an upcoming episode of PSVG, The Intervention. <laughs> so, uh, for me, Entertained, recently, obviously, the movie that we'll be discussing today, X-Men 2. But other than that, I've been playing a little bit of The Division. That is an excellent game. I, I highly recommend it. It's great. If you have friends to play with, it's fun. It's really fun. It, once you get to the end game if you're playing by yourself it may not be as fun as as it could be so if you have friends to play with it that game is great um as well i've also been playing star wars battlefront still i have the season pass on my xbox so i have been checking out the season pass content that has been released which Uh, can can i can i grieve can i throw some salt your way about that for a quick moment yes because i will take this opportunity to take a drink
1: <laughs> so randomly i think it was actually after flux supposed lucas and i were like oh let's play some let's play some battlefront and we have not in quite some time neither of us own the season pass so we do not have access to uh the outer rim content except like the random you know we can do the the hut contracts and we did get i think it does give you access to a couple of new of the um, couple of new cards as well like, what's that new weapon that they, they added that's a star card pickup? Um, scatter gun. Yeah. So we have that, and then there's that, Was it, like a particle gun or something like that, that? It charges up, and then it shoots. The it's disruptor. Like the disruptor, yeah. So we played, you know, because they, they switched up how matchmaking works, and you can have the option now of just queuing for, you know, pick a size game, and it just throws you into the first available, which is nice if you want to just get into something, and you're not worried about, you know, what game type it is. So we played Hero Hunt which I haven't played in quite some time, which I, it's nice that they made the switch. I know a while back that, you know, most damage, whoever damages the hero the most gets the chance to be him. And said it was that last hit nonsense, which is just kind of rubbish. Yeah. But um, you can you can be, you know, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, uh, Princess Leia, or Nyan Nyan. Yay! But unfortunately, I don't have the autogram content so i can only be the first three but i can play against people that are and
0: that's interesting
1: it was not fun we, I, we were on like one of the worst maps for it and the guy like lucas and i ended up not finishing the round because it was i i had the lead until this guy got uh that hero at the end and then you have to play until you kill him and his abilities, what he he can like drop down like a some tur- sort of proximity mines mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he has turrets and then he has what a sniper rifle is that his main weapon i can't remember his main weapon's a blaster he just has he's just very good from ranged and you just cannot we could not touch this guy and i I was, I was just so salty and frustrated because i'm like i don't have the outer rim i shouldn't have to play against somebody that does this is bs ah. <laughs> uh, and, and I, I have a lot of fun playing that game but it it, it can just bring out the rage I mean, because some of the stuff that can just happen to you seems so just random. And uh, I'm really looking forward to Battlefront 2 that <laughs> these guys make, because I think I feel like this one is just like get the kinks out. And we're going to get a really awesome experience based on feedback from this one. If That makes sense. But uh, I, I had to play that in short bursts because sometimes, man, Uh <laughs>
0: Well, I'm I'm glad I was able to provide you an opportunity to vent that rage.
1: Ah, I'm so angry.
0: <laughs> I, however, enjoy the content because I can play as Night Numb. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, you go? Do you, do, you, do you when you're playing? Do you go. <laughs> <laughs> I should, but like whenever he yells or whatever, he's like, nah, bah, nah, nah. it's because <laughs> I mean, in the movie, he literally only la- only laughs. I'm like, uh. yeah, so. You'd laugh, too, if you're sitting next to somebody that goes, we got to get that Death Star. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> All right. So what else have I been entertained by? Um, Not a whole lot, honestly, as far as gaming goes. Just, uh, just been playing those two games. And as far as TV goes, I've watched the latest episode of The Flash. And good lord, that show is amazing. I need to watch this so good The Flash is excellent ladies and gentlemen I highly recommend The Flash if you don't even know who The Flash is that's, that's even better because The Flash is not let's say this The Flash was not even on my radar as a list of people who are on my favorite hero list my nephew really enjoyed The Flash and I was like why um, and this is before the TV show came out and he, he enjoyed the comic line the stories you know his personality and stuff And then after watching the TV show, I got it. I understood why people like The Flash. And I like The Flash. Now, now he would be on my list of top ten characters where he wouldn't have been before. And he's slowly inching his way up on that list of top ten. He is Grant Guston. Guston? Guston? Whatever. His performance. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast? Gaston is so good as Barry Allen slash The Flash. It's it's, it's great, and the cast that they have is wonderful. The, the person that plays his adoptive father, Frank, I think it's Frank West? I think it's Frank West, is really, really good. And they've got this great storyline going on with another person from from Frank's family kind of coming into the picture. Uh, Iris is really well cast. The whole The whole show is great. The character for Reverse Flash, a.k.a. Dr. Wells, wait, spoiler, whoops. <gasps> <laughs> the character, the, the guy that plays that guy is really a great actor as well, and uh, it's just so good. I cannot recommend that show enough, and I, it's my favorite comic book show on TV, hands down. Like, no other TV show for comic books except maybe Daredevil, holds a candle to it. But no broadcast TV show is as good as The Flash.
1: Hmm. I need to... Okay. Do I need... Should I watch Arrow first, or could I just go right in with Flash?
0: <sighs> so here's
1: the thing. Um, I've watched the, the, the very first, the pilot episode. That's all I've watched of Arrow.
0: Of The Flash. Oh, of Arrow. So... It would benefit you to watch Arrow up until the point where... Because Barry is introduced in Arrow. He actually technically gets his powers in Arrow. So it would benefit you to watch at least those episodes of Arrow, which I, I think it's in the second, maybe third season. I think it's the second, though. And then you can go into The Flash. But you can watch The Flash by itself and be perfectly content. There are, however, crossover episodes between that and Arrow that you will want to watch the Arrow to get the the closure of the story. Gotcha. So, it's... They, they intertwine them really well. I do watch both Arrow and The Flash. Uh, Arrow is kind of just in the meddling ground for me right now. It was really good for, like, up until season three, I think. And then I just kind of fell off a little bit on Arrow, but... Um, I still keep up with all of them. Like every comic book show I watch. That's pretty much all the TV I watch in these days is comic book <laughs> shows. Because I watch Arrow, The Flash, obviously, Gotham, Legends of Tomorrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watched Agent Carter when it was airing, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. And I'm probably missing something, but I, I, I make it my goal to watch those because I remember the dark times. I remember (laughs) when there was nothing except Smallville to watch and Smallville was good. I'm not going to just downplay Smallville. I, I did enjoy it. I, I haven't seen the entire uh, series of Smallville. I do want to go back and watch it all. But, uh, I mean, Tom Willing's portrayal of Clark Kent was great. I don't, I think his portrayal of Superman and Clark Kent is better quite honestly than what we get in the movies currently. So, but you get, with TV, you get more time with a character. The, right. the character has time right. to develop and grow, and you can come to like that character more and more. That's why I think Daredevil is perfect because you get, you can't really do an adequate origin story in a two hour movie. You, you really right. can't. And you, I mean, you can do like Spider-Man, right, where he gets his powers and things. But man, things are truncated. There's always a montage sequence (laughs) for training or for discovering your powers. (laughs) And in in a television show, you can take your time, develop the characters, develop the the opposition. You can craft really good villains on TV shows too, especially ones that kind of turn on the character as time goes on because you can see that turn going and you can craft excellent villains whereas in in movies it's a little harder to do because you need more time to understand the villain's motivations and a lot of times you don't get that in the film. You you get that on TV but not on the film. That's why I think a lot of people like Kingpin because you get more time with him than you do anybody. I mean, Loki's yeah. had a lot of time over all the movies yeah. he's been in but Kingpin, you get a lot of time with. But anyway, uh, that's what I've been entertained by recently. Not a bad, not a bad lineup. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty good. It, I find it to be entertaining. So let's move into our entertaining thoughts for this week. X Men, two. X-Men United. So actually, it's X2 colon X colon. Dash Men United. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I need to make sure I put that properly in the uh, in the outline. Yes. So X2 colon X Dash Men United. This movie came out in 2003. I just want to say that right off the bat. In 2003, this movie was immaculate to me. Yes. I was uh, 16 when this movie came out. Again, prime age for this type of film. The story was amazing. I remember seeing it in the theater at least two, if not three or four times. First movie that I can remember, except Star Wars, doing that with. And as I was watching this movie back, I want to say this right off the top: like X Men, it holds up very, very well. When I was watching this movie, I, I felt like it could have been filmed recently, like when, within the past two years, instead of twenty, or instead of <laughs> two thousand three, it could have been filmed in two thousand thirteen. In fact, I say to you, it looks better than films made in two thousand thirteen hmm so hmm. i think they blended you know the use of makeup and costumes and everything with limited cg and stuff like that really just seamlessly um there are times where obviously they use cg to hide wires and stuff wire is always yeah. going to be a thing in these movies but yeah it's it's oh, this movie is so great it starts out with Quite possibly the best opening sequence in a movie with Nightcrawler's attack, quote-unquote attack, on the White House. You get the Dies music in the background from uh, Amadeus, I believe it is. And you get this great sequence of him just going through and showing you why Nightcrawler is a menace. Well, not a menace, but why Nightcrawler is a force to be reckoned with. Because you can think to yourself, teleporting, that's not that, you know, that's not that powerful. But the way he portrays it, and the way it's showed, and the way that he really uses it to take down all those secret agents, and or secret service agents and everything, Mm -hmm. was so good. What what did you think about that opening sequence? Well,
1: can we just say, too, what... I remember when it was announced but just alan coming in that that role of nightcrawler i would have to say leading you know i was you you, you know you've never you've never seen him in an in, action action movie much like i'm sure you'll touch about with you know kelsey Grammer as as a you know playing beast um when you get to that point um that's
0: next week, Jason. Stay nah, on stay I, course. I know, I stay know.
1: on target. So I I was just impressed with his portrayal of Nightcrawler because this is the first time we finally get to see this character, and I just remember being excited for this movie because this was like this was the this was the pinnacle of superhero films at that time. Oh yeah, you know we had we had Daredevil and. What was the other complete stinker that came out right uh, right before that? Um, I feel like there was another really bad.
0: Well, there um, was, it wasn't really bad, that we're, but there was a Punisher movie about a little bit before two. Of this th- that's
1: the one that was the one with Thomas Jane, right? Ye- that's, yeah,
0: that's not too bad. I, I watched that fairly recently.
1: That's not too bad, but come on, the Dolph Lundgren one will forever be the best. <laughs> I mean. But yeah, that that uh, that opening scene was a was a. Great way to start this movie, and probably one of my favorite sequences in the film prior, to, except for what we see, like a couple of the scenes towards the end. But I mean, it just it jumps in there, and uh, yeah, much like you, um, I was surprised. It still, I, I I dare say, until what we've gotten recently, this was this is definitely my favorite of that original trilogy. Um, I still like to forget the X Men movie. I mean, the Wolverine films exist. Um, the wolverine wasn't
0: that bad we'll get to that later on yeah that wasn't too bad but yeah i i
1: yeah a good way to start the movie
0: let's just let's just leave it there (laughs) the opening scene obviously sets the tone for this movie you're immediately engrossed and you're like wow this is this is impressive
1: this brian singer guy knows what he's doing what brian singer
0: yeah, so, and there's that one scene that, or that one frame, I should say, that I really like in that opening scene too, before I pass on, I really want to talk about this, is the scene with Nightcrawler with his head down and the Kennedy painting with his head down. Just the way it was framed, the way that that film was, or that, that scene, that just yes. shot was, was done was so, so good and just evocative of, you know, a difficult decision that has to be made or something that you can't control beyond your power that's thats going to go down because Mike yeah. wasn't in control of his own actions at that point.
1: I will say the president does look like a doof, though. <laughs> oh,
0: the actual guy that's cast as president? Yeah.
1: He's like, oh, I'm in danger. I got to get out of here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's not. <laughs> yeah that the president's casting what are you gonna do i mean he's a minor character yeah. in this movie yeah. but those visual effects the night caller,
1: you know the warping the bam thing
0: oh it looks great yeah it's it was really good the cloud of smoke the, the blue smoke that kind of has all the stuff everywhere and just him moving around and uh, using his tail to take down guys too yeah. it's just really good like that was the whole reason do you remember the the genesis the first x-men game on
1: genesis Children of the Atom, is that what it was? No, even before that. I think it's just called, just plain X-Men. That was, like, the reason I wanted to play a Genesis, because I you so could beat Nightcrawler. Well, he had a sword, teleport. too.
0: Yes, I think he did. I mean, and teleportation uh, with a sword? You can't go wrong. No, you can't. <sighs> so good. So, let's, let's go ahead and move on a little bit with this movie, because you get... This movie does an amazing job in character development. Off the bat... So, I want to talk about Wolverine for a second.
1: You have to in this movie. You have to. I mean, in any in X-Men any movie. In any X-Men movie, but I mean, <laughs> the whole... You're really giving a big look into the the Weapon X projects, mm-hmm. the mysteries of his backstory, the whole plot weaving of Stryker. Stryker! It's, it's all here.
0: Yeah. It's It's... You know... And I'm probably going to say this a lot in this movie, but it's so good. It's it's the background story that they crafted here for X-Men 2 in 2013. Because we, we know, we've watched X-Men First Class in this series. We've already seen, you know, uh, the Wolverine. So we've seen some of these backgrounds being fleshed out a little bit more. But the background that they made in this movie was so well done and in line with the comics that... I'm surprised we didn't see a Stan Lee cameo somewhere in this film because I'm sure <laughs> Stan Lee would have been happy with the way that they did this. Right, right. But Stan Lee didn't create Wolverine, though, did he? He did not. But, I mean, it's Marvel. Stan Lee's available, or isn't everything. I exactly. think Stan Lee created the X-Men. Um, but... Yes, yes. But I'm, I'm not the comic to...
1: expert, but I'm, I believe he was a major force behind that.
0: Yeah, the Wolverine was created... By none other than Herb Triumph. Herb Triumph, John Romita, Sr., Len uh, and Roy Thomas are credited for creating the character. So, well, I believe X-Men was created by Stan Lee. And I'm, I better better verify that myself too, actually. But the Wolverine was created by those four gentlemen. The X-Men. And I'm killing my Yeah. Stanley and Jack Kirby created the X-Men. So the Wolverine character obviously was not one of Stanley's creations, but you know, he should have been in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but this this you know, flashback sequencing that that we had and then when he finally gets to alkali base and actually goes in alkali base to to see this chamber that he was created not created in, but augmented in was just so well done and visually it was visual storytelling at a at its finest i should say in this in this movie because you had all these sequences that you saw him do. Oh, he scratched this and that. And then you see that scratch later on. And he's remembering everything because he can remember that. And mm-hmm. things are slowly starting to come back. It was just so well done. And the progression of the Wolverine character where he goes up to the lake, he comes back. He's like, well, there was nothing there. And then he he tends to the students and he takes care of them. The progression that you see from from Logan, from the Wolverine in this movie is really good. I, I, you don't get this kind of progression in a lot of superhero movies. You know what I mean? No. And let's face it, like, so much of this movie is
1: Wolverine, you know? And and these, these, this original trilogy, so much of it is built upon, you know, the, the sexual tension between him and and Gene, the rivalry and animosity between him and Scott, you know? It's, yeah, it's it's good to see but i mean once wolverine's always been a fan favorite i was always for some reason i was always a cyclops fan growing up
0: i liked wolverine too don't get me wrong but cyclops I mean, was good in the in the comics and in the uh, cartoon cartoon
1: yeah but let's face it everyone loves wolverine and then i still every time i still i see it in one of these movies it's like man Hugh Jackman how could they have not gotten that more perfect you know he just i just love him as that character
0: i mean he is the original casting version. His casting was perfect, much like Robert Downey Jr.'s casting for Iron Man was perfect later on. They, and, and you can see it. That, that casting spoke so well to the, to the audience that, hey, we're going to build our franchise around this character. Because with Iron Man, he is, for all intents and purposes, honestly, the face of the Marvel franchise, franchise at this point. The Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And Wolverine still kind of is the face of the X Men franchise, even though now with these first class uh of Future Past, Apocalypse movies, he's not really playing that big of a part. Although he did in Days of Future Past, he's not really the forefront character anymore. He's he's getting to an age where I mean, he can't be a, the guy that doesn't age anymore. I, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? it, they could just go right to old man Logan from the comics. Oh yes, please give me old man Logan. <laughs> you know that would be. Oh, that would be so good. I want to go read that comic again. That was, that was, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not read Old Man Logan, do yourself a favor. Check it out. It's it's a good story. But since you brought him up, <laughs> let's talk about Cyclops. He has maybe five lines in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, they don't. That is one of the problems with with having an ensemble cast like this, yeah. as big as the X Men. Yeah, uh, and he's the quote unquote leader of, yeah. of the group. Yeah, he's the leader of the group, and he he sees Logan, says, "Hey, Logan," when he's back, you know, and then he leaves and he takes Professor Xavier to the um, to see Magneto, and then after that, he gets caught, and then doesn't say anything until the end, where's like, "Gene, no." <laughs> That's pretty much all we get of Cyclops in this movie. It could have been a sock puppet, for all we know. It could have been a sock puppet being the character. It couldn't have been uh, that hard for him to get his paycheck. He didn't have to remember any lines in this movie. <sighs> I don't know, or Scott. Yeah, and you know, like we said, Cyclops was 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 always the well. Storm was leader, but. Cyclops was always kinda in our minds when we grew up, the quote unquote leader of the X-Men. Yeah, mm-hmm. Professor X is the leader, but on the missions it's always Scott that's leading the, the charge. That's that's the Boy Scout, that's the moral compass, that's reeling Wolverine back in and taking control of situations, right? But it, Yeah. Not in this movie. I mean, what <laughs> what is his role in this movie? He's he is not the leader of the X Men. There is really no leader because Everybody's scattered because Jean and Storm go get... And by the way, it does not take that long to get to Boston in a jet. <laughs> you could be there and back in a night. Like, in four hours, you'd be back and you would be able to deal with this. Uh, you know, we can nitpick if we want, but that was just one weird thing. Like, they were completely gone for so long. And why? They went to go get them and... <laughs> I just don't get that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a... I understand that you had to take him. You had to take them out of the house, so that when when this attack happens, you don't have Storm who can just wreck everybody, and Jean who could literally just wreck. I mean, yeah, the only person that you keep of like the the core X Men group is Wolverine, who has claws and who's a one on one fighter. He can't just wreck everybody in front yeah. of him. But when they do invade that school. And it is Wolverine protecting those kids. Oh, man. It is so good.
1: Yeah. Fun fact, it, it, it the first cut had an R rating because of what Wolverine does during that sequence. Really? W- was there more blood? Yeah, I think there was more blood and they had to cut out uh, just en- enough to get it down to a PG-13. But yeah, it was just the violence that took place,
0: I believe, was the reasoning. Well, it was kind of nice to see him protect the kids and kind of berserk out on these guys a little bit because wolverine berserk he has like a berserk rage you know Mm -hmm. and you got a hint of that in this movie and this really this scene is really the only movie that you get a hint of that that berserker rage out of all out of all the x-men movies yeah i think this is the only one that you get that scene in it's just it's really well done the way they do it though and the way he uses claws and like, you know, he covers the guy's mouth. So he, he takes his claws back in on that one hand and uses the other hand. And it's just the way that he methodically goes through this, you, you know that he's seen war and that right. he's, he's done something similar to this in the past. It's just, it's storytelling at its finest because you know that there's a huge backstory with this character and you don't need to have everything just laid out to you like, like You know, spoon fed. Oh yeah, he did this. Here's a spoon. He did this, and he did, and now he's gonna do this. It's okay. You don't need that for everything and every character. They laid that out well enough with the cerebro thing that they were doing. They, that that was the thing that they mentioned a few times. But this scene with the school and that that one little scene that we get with Colossus was. Yes. Was so good. Cause I was a Colossus fan. My my buddy was also a Colossus fan when we went to the last movie. Yep. He was in it for literally maybe three seconds. Yeah. But it was worth it. Yep. I mean, now you can go and you can see Deadpool and Colossus, mm-hmm. I guess, is in the whole thing, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: yes. Exactly.
0: But back when this was out, it was such a cool thing to see him, you know, become the metal form. And then he's in X-Men three, but <sighs> it's X-Men three. So <laughs> I love how
1: every every podcast for X Men, and X Men Three.
0: <laughs> it's next week is going to be interesting. I am going to either wreck that movie or just try to find the saving grace. I just I I don't know.
1: You know, I honestly have not watched. I saw it in the theater. You know, I think opening night, and I don't know if I've watched it since then. Yeah,
0: yeah. But let's let's dwell not on what will come, but what has come with X Men yes. Two. Let's talk about Jean Grey. The the Wolverine progression is is great. But even from X-Men 1 until the end of X-Men 2, the progression that we get for Jean Grey is awesome. Her kind of discovering her powers, the Phoenix powers that she has within mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. It's not following the comics directly, which is fine. I don't I don't need I've resigned myself to the fact with these comic book movies that you're not going to follow any comic book storylines to the T. I mean, right. you, you just can't, especially now when there's so many storylines. There's so many origin stories. There's, there's countless number ones for Spider-Man now. So it's impossible to really to really take it and follow the source material to the T. But with this movie this Jean Grey progression, the way that they decided to tell that story was so beautiful and perfect. I absolutely loved it. What do what did you think about the Jean Grey progression?
1: You know, I think next to Logan, she's like my most interesting character to watch through these, these films. And, you know, prior going into this, my only other knowledge of you know Jean Grey was the the 90s animated series. Uh, I didn't read you know a lot of, of X Men comics back in my childhood. You know I was loved X Men, but I just I'd never had their comics. And so this this really gave that the cartoon and this really gives me the most concept and shaping of those characters and that interactions. But it's it's great to see you know from the first film, she's. You know she has all this potential, but she's still very fledgling, still learning to control and master her abilities. And and in this film, we really see her take a huge step forward in what she's exact you know, what she's capable of, especially to the to the conclusion. And not just uh, with a mutant and ability level, but you see a pretty large progression for her as just a character as a whole. Um and I I I you know she I haven't seen her and she hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff but I've always liked fam I want is it Famka is that the correct way to pronounce her first name I always kind of do it like a Famka or Famka like Famka Johnson I've always like ever since I think it was the first thing I saw her it was like wasn't it Goldeneye I think it was that's the first thing I remember yeah when yeah she's Zenya on a top I will kill you with my thighs <laughs> and, So so um, I just. I, I I liked I liked her portrayal of Jean Grey. I just I like I like that she gets more lines than Scott Summers. You know. Well, she deserves <laughs> more lines. Than Scott. She's gonna be the Phoenix. Come on. Ah, uh, yeah. And knowing that's coming, that's just like.
0: Uh. Let's just talk about how powerful she, the the display of power that she gives in this movie at the end. Yes. All right. So let's let's. I'm I'm probably gonna miss something. So correct me. So one thing she's doing is fixing the ship so it takes off. Okay, yes. so she does that. She stops Nightcrawler from teleporting. She stops the water from hitting the ship. Yes. She levitates the ship. She takes control of Professor X. <laughs> Am I missing something? That is some power right there. Yeah, she's doing a whole lot all at the same time. That, that is crazy multi-focused <laughs> that is that is the epitome of multifocus, my friend Multifocusing. it's a new word multitasking she's like yeah i'll do this isn't this, this so that display of power that she has in that one moment and then she discovers what she's doing like she like i think she literally has flame starts to come out of her definitely in her eyes but and then she realizes what she's you know capable of and then mm-hmm. she's kind of lets go and then the phoenix just consumes her at that point the water consumes her technically but then she's reborn as the phoenix so right they don't show her after that they just show that little kind of thing in the water that you know comic book fans will know what it means but that left me with such promise and such hope for the <laughs> next movie i was so ready for the next i was ready for the phoenix story this Next week we'll talk about that. Ugh. But this was so beautiful in the way that it was done, the way that they told her story, the progression where she goes through and you know, she's she's kind of testing her power. She doesn't let herself loose, right? She's kind of afraid yeah. to let herself loose and really and I think Professor Xavier drops a line at some point and it's like she was always afraid to to use her power, like to its full potential. She was I mean, well, the Phoenix is one of the most powerful, if not the, next to Apocalypse, most powerful mutants, right? I, I believe it's in the comic. I can't remember, but I think it was the, the the emergence or the awakening of the Phoenix that draws Apocalypse to that planet, if I'm not mistaken. I could be, again...
1: I, I cannot uh, contradict or educate one way or the other, so...
0: If Tim from our last episode was on here, I'm sure he'd be yes. schooling me on this. He'd give you a,
1: um, actually, because that's how you to preface any,
0: <laughs> any nerd statement. <laughs> he'd be like, uh, dude, cheese sauce. She was calling him with the force.
1: She totally had him in his circle and just speed dialed him. In.
0: <laughs> oh, Tim! We we know you're listening. We thank you for listening, and we thank you for coming on last week. Comic nerd unite is an excellent podcast, by the way, by Mister Tim Van Outrouve and his his good cast of supporting characters there. Wanted to give him a plug this week because I enjoyed having him on, and his comic book knowledge surpasses mine. I don't know why I'm talking these comic <laughs> book movies, but Tim, I, I bow to you. So. I I love the, the character of the Phoenix. The portrayal by Jean... uh oh, portrayal by Jean Grey. The portrayal by Famke <laughs> Jansen. <laughs> and, and how that whole thing went. So let's talk about Storm. Did they improve on Storm in this movie? Well, she doesn't have that horrible line that she had in the first movie.
1: And what horrible line would that be? I sir? love to make fun of it as much as any time I hear it. You know what happens when a toad
0: gets struck by lightning? <laughs> I just... I
1: can't. I just can't. Uh,
0: Yeah. and So here's the weird thing about her character from that movie to this movie. A, she's visually different at Mm -hmm. this point, which is fine. I mean, you can change character appearance. At least it's still the same character. I, I like it when they keep the same cast. If they establish a person as a character, I like it when they keep that character as that same person. But she was kind of portrayed as A little bit angsty in this movie you know like she had an angsty childhood or something because she was kind of talking about how oh wheel. I don't I don't have faith anymore that that died out a long time ago or something like that when she was talking to Nightcrawler and I just don't get that like that was kind of out of place from what we know of the character they just decided to kind of make her that way in this movie because from what we saw last time she didn't say a whole lot except for that terrible line. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't uh, yeah you
1: You don't get I don't know. They they definitely didn't give as much to some of the supporting characters in that, that first film. There's kind of spiller a little bit. You know, they got their they got their one shots and things like that, but not a whole not a whole lot not a room to, to play with or anything like that.
0: Yeah. So let's move away from Storm because, honestly, she has about as much to do in this movie as Scott does. Cyclops. <laughs> and talk a little bit about the other three characters that are the the main X-Men. So we got Bobby Iceman, you got Rogue, and you got the... Was it Johnny, the Pyro? Yeah. I think that was his name. Or was it John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go
1: with it because I can't correct you. So.
0: We'll go with Pyro. Just say Pyro. pyro. He is Pyro, yeah. <laughs> and... You, you, you're you introduced to them at the sequence when they're visiting somewhere like, like a field trip. I guess the mutant school goes on field trips for some reason. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I, was, I thought it was kind of funny. And then, um, so they're on the field trip and then Professor stops everybody. He shows that power to stop everything except the people that are mutants. And that was an impressive display of power. But, what's his name? Pyro. He's, He's he's got some interesting abilities and power that he displays later on. But I don't know, he's he was just kind of a weird character, kinda he was very when when they got to to Bobby, to Iceman's house, mm. they he was looking at the pictures and you know, he's like, Oh, he's got this perfect life and everything. Woe is me type attitude. But there was no reason for him to have that attitude. He was he was jealous, you could tell, of of Bobby. And I think that's why he left with Magneto is because he wanted to do his own thing and be opposite of Bobby. Mm -hmm. Cause I think he resented Bobby in some way. And we just don't know why we never got told the reason why.
1: Right. Not so,
0: not like explicitly. No. Yeah. So that's, that's him in a nutshell. He, he's an X-Men at first at the school and then he sees Magneto and he's like, Oh, Hey, what's your name? Pyro. And then he's like, Oh, you're cool. And then You're a God Among Insects. Remember that. That's the time he decides to turn and join the the Brotherhood of Mutants. <laughs> and then we got Bobby, Iceman, who doesn't really do much except create a, uh, a wall at some point to create, <laughs> to keep Striker and Wolverine away. That's the, that's really about the only thing he does, right? He does that and he puts out a fire.
1: Yeah. And he screams Rogue a couple times. <laughs>
0: and at that point why wouldn't he sc- their boyfriend and girlfriend why wouldn't he scream her real name she says Bobby all the time she doesn't say Iceman <laughs> you know Yeah, you, you know you know <laughs> is it because nobody remembers what her real name is because I can't think of it right now
1: no all I know the only fun real name of an X-Men to say is Gambits because it's
0: fun to say Remy LeBeau. Remy Lebeau was, (laughs) by the way, an Easter egg in this movie when Mystique was looking at the files. There was a file Remy Lebeau. Remy Lebeau. Lebeau. But. Cherie, mon cherie. Mon ami. Yeah. Oh, man. I I really hope if they ever do actually do make that Gambit movie that they capture that cartoon essence of him. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's my Gambit. Not the Gambit that we saw earlier with X-Men Origins Wolverine. I hate to, to bring that up again, but. You know, Gambit needs a, a, a proper movie or a proper movie presence of some sort. I know they did
1: the the comic series featuring the 90s X-Men, but how awesome
0: would it be to have a movie with the 90s X-Men? With the yellow spandex and everything? Yellow spandex and all. <laughs> that would be—I would, I would love it. I don't think—I don't know. Maybe people in the movie theaters, movie going public, are more open to that these days with— with a lot more of what you're seeing now with some of these comic book heroes that are wearing very traditional, uh, you know, outfits and costumes. So it would be kind of cool to see if they could do that. That I, I, They would have my money. Then
1: someone can explain to me the point of Jubilee's powers. The fireworks powers?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then we have Rogue who steals Pyro's power at one point. Mm-hmm. And she touches him for a long time. Wouldn't would yeah, be dead?
1: I would think so. I mean I you know, he's going he's got unleashing his rage. You know, Wolverine is down for the count after just taking a bullet to the skull. Yeah. And he's blowing things up left and right. And yeah, she's got a hold of his ankle there for probably a good, you know, thirty seconds real time, which would be enough to like completely sap all the strength and like I wouldn't say bring a a mutant to you know, unconscious levels. Yeah, he never completely does yeah so maybe it is that to showcase is that, that just she's an oversight or is that maybe she can control how much she's sapping or is he stronger i you know i don't i don't know There's I would, too many too many things to read into
0: i would like to read into it that she is able to control how much she's taking but that would make same, more sense yeah at the same time though when she was kissing bobby earlier on you know yeah but we could say that she lost control of it at that point. Uh, there, there's a lot of reading between the lines. We, we are at this point writing <laughs> the story that they didn't tell us. So I'm not going to conject. But on the villain side of things, Magneto is his. He is great in this movie. Magneto is really good. His escape sequence, <laughs> I love it. Where the guy comes in, he's like, "Oh, there's." Too much iron in your blood, and he pulls the iron out and he makes those orbs, and then he creates one of them to stand on. He's got this little Houdini escape thing where he's going through. Yes, that escape sequence is so good. The music behind it, everything. This film score is really well done. I gotta give hands off to the, you know, using the DSA ray really at the beginning and the whole film score itself. This movie, it it, it nails it, knocks it out of the park. It's very well done. Um, so Magneto is great. And for some reason, they're chilling in the woods and are able to save the X-Jet later on, just out of some <laughs> pure coincidence. So there's that. And then with this movie, uh, you got the character of Mystique, who has a, a larger role, I would say, in this movie, because she is playing the Senator Cara- Senator Kelly hmm. character. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to see that actor back as Senator Kelly, because I kind of like him. But to know that it's Mystique at the same time is really cool. And then how she's going through. And she goes and she actually like the garbage guy at one point And he walks by or they walk by each other. I, I like that scene. But with Mystique, I mean, what's what she do? She's really just a shapeshifter. She gets into Alkali base. And Stryker knows that it's not Wolverine because he's smiling maybe. But <laughs> I think that's about it. And she's, she's kind of clever and stuff when she gets in there. And I like how they kind of showcase that she's more than just a change or a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. but she actually has like hacking skills or computer skills. Because Magneto's like, "What are you gonna do if you go in there? Just scratch stuff with your claws?" I Right, mean, right. Yeah. So, really well done. As far as all the characters go, they were all handled decently enough, except Scott and Storm, kind of. Eh, but you don't really need a whole lot of them. The focus was obviously on Jean, on Wolverine. And, you know, the, the Magneto kind of other side of things and how it was going. Yeah. And then there was the, the whole plot of the movie, which is to create this other Cerebro that will target all the mutants and they'll trick Charles to go and find all the mutants to, to take him over. Which, by the way, I gotta say, I,
1: from I what know I know, the
0: mutants, <laughs> yeah, find them, kill them and from from what I know about Charles xavier's power and how he controls minds and he can read minds and he can influence them to such a degree I don't think that he can get fooled like he got fooled by jason i i just don't I'm not buying it mm-hmm what seems like what what's your take? Oh. well,
1: the only thing is too is you know Jason is in a, a in a slightly canatonic state, would that make him somewhat hyper focused? You know, and more powerful than more powerful than you can imagine. You know, I, I, it, it, you wouldn't think so because you, you, you just think of Charles as being, you know, he's Professor X, he's this, that's what he is. But then you have him duped by this, by Jason like that, but. His whole ability is mind control. Yeah. You think so, he can
0: control his own mind.
1: Right. You don't think he should be outdone in that in that regard. But right.
0: I don't know. I don't it's know. Kind I, just, of... I don't know. It was that was a weird thing for me, which I'll I'll, I'll take it and I'll buy it because I mean I guess the secretions are different than mind control in a way, but Yeah. So there's that. And you know, at the end of the movie, you get that scene with the president again, <laughs> which is kind of cool. But man, I was watching, I was watching Scott <laughs> in that whole scene at the end of the movie. Man, he had such a pouty face because he lost Jean. I know it was because he lost Jean, but man, he was he had such a sad pouty face. He was just like, if you go back and watch that last scene with the president, just look at Scott's face. He's just like so, like, come on. You're, you're a grown man. You're you're doing a job right now. You don't need to have that sad face on there. Logan doesn't have a sad face on there right now. Uh, Nightcrawler, who assaulted the president a while ago, is smiling and laughing about this whole situation. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I love this movie. Overall, this is an excellent movie. It is really well done. There, We can nitpick stuff here and there. Yeah, you can do that with any movie. Exactly. But you know it's this movie is just so good for for the story that it tells and like i said the the progression of the characters this is my favorite x-men movie i believe at least in this series for sure and probably to date and it's up there in my favorite all-time superhero movies it's just that good it's they they have a difficult task balancing all these characters right with with you got wolverine you got storm you got rogue you got jean grey you got scott you got everybody right and they do a good job honestly in balancing them yeah some get left behind a little bit and but there's so much good with this this movie that the opening scene the attack on the school magneto's escape the you know the the climactic you know alkali lake just that whole set was so good this movie ranks up in in and it holds up in high regard in superhero movies and in movies in general for me personally. I I said last week that if somebody wanted to watch an X-Men movie to get an introduction to the characters, I would say watch X-Men. I still think I would say watch X-Men, but I would say immediately following X-Men, watch X-Men 2 because, man, that's where it gets <sighs> good and that's where you'll buy in. But you need the introduction to the characters in X-Men. Yeah. You get a couple more lines from Scott, at least, so you can have more understanding of his character. Right. And you get the toad line. <laughs> <laughs> but I I love this movie, and I highly recommend this movie to anybody who wants to watch a good comic book movie or just a good movie with great storytelling that holds up over 10 years later, over a decade later, still looks good, holds up well, and is really well made. Jason, what did you? What were your overall thoughts on this movie? How would you rank it in your, in your pantheon of superhero movies or X Men movies?
1: Oh geez, oh geez. <laughs> well, in terms of strictly X Men films, this is by far my favorite. Um, I just you get you get what was good about the first film and build upon that and you avoid some of the pitfalls that happen in last stand um, it's i i i don't like to rank compare this with with other superhero movies because it's it's so different there's like a definite it's like different just almost almost different genres almost because they feel like the the style has Evolved and changed so drastically. It's like, you know, in that point in the early 2000s, we were still finding our way and what worked with that formula. And then finally, we you know we hit the stride, you know, later on. Right. Um, but I I still enjoy this film because, you know, there's characters here that are, are great characters. You know, the X-Men is a great property of of Marvel. And, uh, and it was proven at this time that it was very, could be very good in a, In a cinematic way, not only entertainment-wise, but it was quite financially successful too. Um, I I enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. I, I, there's enough different things going on with with these characters that that just bring the whole package together. You know, it's we don't the only closest thing we get to an ensemble now is, you know, like Avengers and, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is what we've had uh, presently. I mean, we'll see, and, you know, maybe we'll see something similar out of Justice League, except it's probably going to, it's DC, so it's got to be dark and super serious, apparently. Why so serious? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I I think it's worth going back, and if you haven't watched it, definitely do. And I think it's important that you do see these films, because if you want to see some of the other more recent X-Men, such as your, you know, First Class or Days of Future Past, this still is important, I think, to see before that.
0: I agree. And since you mentioned numbers just a little bit, I want to go over the numbers on this because this movie was two hours and 14 minutes long, came out in May 2nd, 2003, was rated PG-13, well, yeah, I do know that, and the domestic gross was just shy of 215 million. That seems really low compared to the numbers that you hear about today. Now remember, this is before the X-Men or the the 3D phase, right? Where everybody was making their movies with 3D or the IMAX releases. All those extra add-ons and ticket prices, quite honestly, over you know, 13 years ago, were cheaper. So this movie made 215 million, we'll call it, and had a production budget of 110 million. And that was the domestic total, uh, by the way. Okay. Worldwide, it was just shy of 408 million. So, a success, a commercial success, and a critical success, as far as I'm concerned. As far as what it was given, like Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. I'm I'm not as familiar but I will check here just to see what we get with Rotten Tomatoes because a lot of times it's a good indicator of what the critics thought back in the yes. day. Yes. Yes. And with this one it has an 86%. So, hmm. you know, that's that's pretty good for back then because there was a lot of resistance to comic book movies back at that time and it was it was a precarious field to be in. It was it was this and Spider Man, which were the the good examples. But you also had, like I said, the Punisher. You had uh, Daredevil. You had uh, I think Catwoman was around this time too. Maybe oh, gosh. maybe after that was, that was one, Yeah. So you had all those you know other movies out here. But eighty five percent of audiences liked it, and eighty six percent on on Rotten Tomatoes. So that that speaks pretty well to what this movie was able to accomplish. And I think that actually speaks a little under of what it was able to accomplish because I think this is this movie stacks up to at least any ninety percent movie in the superhero genre today, in my opinion. And just was a great experience, a great ride, a great journey to, to go on these characters with and to to really get to know some more people in the X-Men universe and to have Magneto kind of Play with the X Men a little bit. I loved seeing that little little bit of a uh, uniting. We'll call it there. Ooh, you like that? So before we wrap it up, Mister Lacey, any final thoughts for X Men or sorry, X Two Colon, colon. x Dash Men United? What was that? Uh, the
1: uh. uh... Aqua Teen, Hunger Force Colon Something Something movie. What's <laughs> that how they titled
0: oh, theirs? Yeah, there was something like that that was something pretty like crazy. I
1: uh, nothing nothing really more to add. You know, it was a good uh it was a fun ride. Uh it's it's X Men, it's superheroes. Uh, you know, it's worth it just I it's worth it just three three parts. Magneto, Professor Xavier, and Wolverine. Those three characters alone I love what they've done on the big screen—it's worth it just to
0: have them. So, yeah, it's 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 excellent. It's so good.
1: I mean, come on, Captain John Luke Picard, USS Enterprise.
0: <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, that is, or will conclude our entertaining thoughts on this week's X Two uh, X Men United movie. Next week we will be discussing X-Men 3.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad you didn't have me on for that episode. <laughs> Luckily, I'm glad our schedules finally
0: correlated for this one. <laughs> for a good one. <laughs> so, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, and how appropriate that title was, um, will be uh, the topic of discussion for next week. And, yeah... I want to give a couple shout outs to some of our friends in the podcasting biz. shouts, if you shouts will. outs! So obviously, shout out to Flux to pose Thank you, Jason, for joining us. We appreciate uh-huh. you and all you do in the Flux Deposed universe. You and Lucas put on a great show week in and week out, and we thank you for joining us and for continuing to provide excellence in podcasting. Well, thank you, sir. In addition, we would also like to. Give some shout outs. Uh, again, Jason and I are both part of the Play Some Video Games, the official podcast. So if you want to hear some video game nonsense, uh, go over there and check that out. We're having a good time. Also, some of our friends in the podcasting industry, Tap Ooh. the Craft. Both Jason and I are fans of Tap the Craft. And I love it's true, I love craft beer. I love podcasting. What can go wrong when you combine the two? And I, I gotta thank Mr. Denny Luce for all his you know, he shouts us out from time to time. He sent he shouts you out as well, Jason. But it's it's great to have a a good beer podcast. I don't consider myself to be any sort of I don't know, aficionado of beer. Oh, I gosh, know. No,
1: I pretend to be on YouTube.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I like beer and there's nuances and you know, I, I am definitely into the craft beer scene. I can't stand the yellow fizzy stuff, as John likes to put it, but it is—or no, I'm sorry, as Denny likes to put it. But I, I thoroughly enjoy their discussions and how they—as they go through the podcast, they're drinking beer, and it just gets more interesting as it goes along. So <laughs> they do a great job. That is— I-
1: you got to pick an episode where uh, where John started it with a, like a couple doubles before they started
0: doing the Ooh, podcast because yeah. that that always works out good. Uh-huh. And ladies and gentlemen, again, that is Tap the Craft, uh, a great podcast for the beer enthusiast in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, I also want to shout out our good friend that was on last week, Mister Tim Van Outtrove. He has two podcasts. <gasps> I know he's an overachiever. Right?
1: I try and I fail.
0: <laughs> he, <Rest in> peace. <laughs> he is on Star Wars Nerds Unite, a Star Wars podcast that's talking about all the good stuff out of the new acquisition since Disney has acquired the property. They talk about the comics, obviously the movie, the books. So if you're if you want a little bit of Star Wars discussions, go check out Star Wars Nerds Unite. As okay. well, he does comic book. Comic bark Is that like a Swedish chef? I'm going to have another Comic drink book. here. Hold on a second. Bork, 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 bork. bork. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Comic Book Nerds Unite. And they go through and discuss books they recently discussed. I think it was called Rachel Rising, which was an interesting one. And they had a, a cool um, – one of their listeners wrote in an email about his – what ifs like if if they don't there are comic books that don't exist but he would love if they did and they were all really good that was uh jeffrey upple i believe is his last name and that is at new mutant 82 i believe on twitter i'm free foring that so if it's wrong i don't know just write me an email but <laughs> i'll correct it next week um but new mutant 82 on twitter jeffrey you're if you're listening your assessment and your your wishes, your desires sound so good on that that podcast and i i want to thank you and petition you to write marvel in dc and just get those books made because i will read them so good so good yeah jason anything you would like to plug before we close you know out? you've
1: hit some of my my favorites already one um i haven't mentioned it on my show in a while but i always find it uh, interesting to listen Uh, I believe they're bi-weekly, maybe every three weeks. It's called um, Scotch and Beer. I mean, Scotch and Games. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I always love uh, Will and Graham, two guys, and they always uh, profile a a new and unique Scotch and do a quick little tasting and synopsis on that and then talk about a game that they're playing. So it's always, it's kind of a, I find it to be a completely different perspective than every other show i'm listening to so it's kind of a nice uh breath of fresh air scotch and games and one i've recently discovered um oh about last month or so it's called new game plus and it's uh three friends on that and each week they pick and play a different retro game which for them it's defined as uh it has to be at least 15 years old i believe was the uh it's the stipulation. So they have a whole list, or it's suggested by viewer or listeners, but they'll play through that game and then they have it's, um, they kind of go through and give an overview, uh, breakdown. And then at the end, they recommend if it gets, if it's new game plus worthy or not. So it kind of recommends if it's a game that you should experience or not. Um, just some samples from what I've listened to were Banjo Kazooie, uh, I think, a uh, Dragon Quest, um, <laughs> the Noid, well, I can't remember the full title, but it was the Noid, the Domino's Noid mascot game for Nintendo. <laughs> um, Chrono Trigger, a bunch, of, you get the idea. Really, uh,
0: really good show. So it's a uh, new game plus. Very cool. And as far as our community is concerned, we mentioned him a second ago, Denny at Loose Screw on Twitter. He sent me a whole bunch of tweets the other day, and he was just kind of responding to our our discussion on X-Men and some of our entertaining, you know, what we were entertained by. And I'm going to read his number of tweets here that he sent in. I'll give my my best, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry, I haven't had enough beer. I was going to say, I'll give my best Denny impression, but I haven't had enough to drink yet. (laughs) So he says, at entertaining pod, just like you can. Just want to say that the last several X-Men Wolverine episodes slash Wolverine episodes have been great. X-Men was okay, but X2 was excellent, and X-Men 3 was not any good. <laughs> I liked both Wolverine movies, and you guys found some really things found some things not good. <laughs> <laughs> On a different note, I really like Gotham, and necess- not necessarily for the story, but for the characters and the acting especially Alfred, Bruce, Selena, and Penguin. And I got to agree with you there. The, the acting is pretty interesting. The Penguin acting is, is really good. And I also like Alfred, but the Penguin one is probably the best. He says, he continues, I should say, I cannot ignore the other, th- or I can ignore the other things that happen that can be a bit annoying on the show. The Arrow is a bit of a soap opera, but Flash is awesome. I really like both the seasons of Daredevil and think they are equally as good and don't have a favorite season. Jessica Jones took me a little more to get into, but after episode four, I was hooked until the end. Getting ready to rewatch season one with my wife now. Awesome, Denny. That's, That's awesome. And Batman v Superman was not horrible. Sure, it had emo type vibe and some things that don't follow the comics, but there was enough to keep me entertained and wonder woman was awesome. And Affleck is now my favorite Bruce slash Batman. Can't wait for the solo movies for both wonder woman and Batman. I actually enjoy the DC stuff a little more than the Marvel stuff. Yes, I'm weird. (laughs) And he, he finishes. I should have written an email, but I'm, but filling up your notifications timeline is much more fun. Love the show, by the way, Denny. Thank you. For your tweets, they are much appreciated, and you can fill up our timeline any day. Any day. Ladies and gentlemen, you can reach out to the show just like Denny did by tweeting Ooh. at entertainingpod. You can shoot us an email, that's Entertaining at gmail.com. Now, here's a weird thing. With email, I also have a mail server kind of set up now with, with That's Entertaining, but... I can receive mail, but I can't send mail out. I'm still working on it. If you want, you can help me kind of test my stability on that Ooh, email. beta client. testing. Yeah, beta testing. You can be a beta tester. You know, everybody wants to be a beta tester. Um, if you would like to be a beta tester, send an email to connect Ooh. at that's So, again... If you'd like to be a beta tester, help me stress test or understand what's going wrong with my mail system <laughs> and why I can't return mails, uh, send me an email. That's er, connect at net. You can find the website, obviously, that's entertaining.net. It has been redesigned, reformatted. It's still a work in progress, but you know, it's a lot better than what it was for a while. It was, just, I didn't give it any attention, but now it has some attention to it. And I'm at least posting weekly um, with podcast notifications, so you can check that out. That's entertaining.net for that. And I think that's about it. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Sith Nightmare, and I am on Xbox and most game platforms. Spider Jedi, Jason. How about you? I am not
1: on most game platforms. <laughs> You're on PC. I am on PC. And a console nobody plays called the Wii U. Uh, oh. Um, I am under on PC as Flux A on just about everything that I can. Uh and I am on the Twitterverse at JW Lacey. And you can follow my show at Flex to Post. Imagine that.
0: <laughs> I was waiting for that one to, to come out. Gotta put that plug in there. <laughs> there you go. Go visit com. Yes, he was able to get a dot com unlike me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, I can buy, you can buy a coffee mug with my
0: my eight bit face on it. Yeah, and in fact, I will be purchasing a coffee mug soon. And I want to buy a shirt, but I gotta understand the fit a little yes. bit more before I buy a shirt. Well, that you don't want. You don't want that. You don't want a shirt that doesn't fit right. You need a polo with your logo on. it. I would wear a polo with your logo to work. Ooh. I'm just saying, I would totally do that. Business classy. Yes, <laughs> Have the little the little F tank. Uh huh. Dude, you, yes, do it. I do it. I will buy it.
1: We have another t shirt design already up with the Flex-to-Pose, uh verb definition. It's nice. not up yet, but it's in the promo stages. It's actually quite interesting.
0: Very cool. What's well, exciting to see all the changes going on over at FlexDeposed, you have also recently redesigned your site. So, dear listener, yes. if you want to check out Jason's site, please go to fluxdeposed.com and give it a look, and you can also hit the contact button let them know what you think of the button. Of the button. Yeah. <laughs> of the is site. it round?
1: What, what is the shape? Did, did you have to click? Was the clicking... How hard did you have to click? What was, what it... was the response
0: time like? <laughs> did you get any haptic feedback? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ladies and gentlemen, I have had a good amount of my beer, and I am winding
1: down. You're so. going to want to listen to the PSVG podcast <laughs> this week to hear Nathan... Because that's going on immediately after this show.
0: Uh, That is going on immediately after. So that'll be interesting. So for myself, uh, I thank you for listening. Jason, we thank you for joining us.
1: Yes, thanks for having me. And
0: it has been an entertaining experience, ladies and gentlemen. We hope that you have been entertained.